When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fargo, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on Hulu. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Or FX, if you're nasty, I guess. Uh, if you still truck with terrestrial television. Uh, Aaron, season five, episode five, The Tiger. How are you feeling about The Tiger? I think the only extraterrestrial television we've had on Fargo is season <laughs> two, just for the record. Uh-huh. Um I mean, this feels like a kind of moving things into the next phase kind of episode, you know, moving some pieces on the board. Uh, you you got to there's 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 a lot of moving pieces and mm-hmm. they've been they've they've uh, gone through a lot of stuff. So you had to kind of reshuffle, refactor, get things. Um, so it's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, we learned some things about Lorraine Lyon. Learn some things more about Roy's backstory. Learn a little bit more about Dot and her circumstances. Stuff we've kind of largely, but it's stuff that we've kind of largely guessed at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, yeah, what is what's Dot? How's she going to get out of this without the assistance of the FBI, the local law enforcement? Uh, what kind yeah. of what kind of blowback are the Lions going to face now that they're they've they've kind of poked the bear that is Roy? Um, it should be, yeah. There should be some some exciting stuff happening now that we've got Scotty secured and and the, the lions unleashed. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of exciting for Dot to kind of get the baggage, the familial baggage off her back here, um, and be free to be the tiger. Yeah, because I I don't know where she's driving to at the end of this episode, but it feels like there's there, there's a real head of steam behind that, and I'm excited for it. Um, and Wayne is. I don't know. Wayne's either on an operating table getting his intestines removed or he's still in that bathroom. Uh, That's Scotty's... what I'm worried about. They're finally <laughs> going to get the, you know, we've had this guy in there for three days and he's still got his full length of intestine. We're going to have to do something about that. And Scotty's yeah. going to be like, I made poop and they're going to that's <laughs> they're, they're going to say jello and he'll say jello and he'll open the door. And yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that that's exciting. Uh, and then you know, Scotty's off at uh, Indira's place, so I I don't know exactly where she's going. If she's going to try and take uh, matters directly into her own hands and attack the attackers here, or what? But yeah, uh, yeah, it's exciting. And then you have a lot of um, amusing scenes of mostly Lorraine, but also Roy, kind of espousing their various philosophies. Um, sometimes at each other, sometimes at others. And I really enjoy those scenes. 
Uh, yeah, can I, uh, I found myself um, not enjoying it as much as I think I should have because they're they're just all terrible people. Uh-huh. Like it's no one's oh, yeah. righteously scoring points on anyone, even when they're saying things that I kind of broadly agree with. I'm like, well, but you're still a terrible person. Yeah, there's no there's no there's no, uh, you know, enemy of my enemies, my friend here. They're just you know, there's there's not hardly anyone to root for except for dot. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, I yeah, I, I feel sorry for for Wayne in my rooting for Dot. Um, yeah, so I, I, that's what yeah. I've kept on finding. It's like I really liked watching Lorraine cut these dudes down to size, but like the the the, the ones she most brutalized are two mooks that were introduced in this episode, and they're only bad people because I presume Lorraine's done her. It had been hilarious. They were like, what the? They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? We run a small, reputable credit union. We've never been to Tijuana. <laughs> I, I have profound respect for women, and I'm not going to sit here for this. And they just walked off, you know? But, like, they're shady bankers because <laughs> Danish Graves has probably made sure they are, and she can walk in there and accuse them of every crime, and, and they'll just sit there and 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 uh, flap their gums and, and, and breathe like landed fishes because they want that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it's like, yeah, they're... About Danish's skills, too. Is Danish... is Does he not a closer? Is he not getting coffee? Because... Why, why doesn't he close this deal if Lorraine has them dead to rights? I mean, surely Danish knows. I think it's because she's got him running too. around doing the shadier stuff, even shadier stuff, committing well, her daughter. They've been negotiating with to... him. Come on, man. Like, yeah. how many sit downs have you had with these people just to tell them, hey, you're a shady bank. We're buying you out or we're going to the governor, you know? But it's, it's just an interesting strategy. Like, every time I've seen her come into the room, she just verbally dominates like if it's a uh-huh. law enforcement officer if it's the president of a bank i'm probably going to see her do it to a state senator if she hasn't done it already it's just it's 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 like i want to see the comeuppance you know it's like uh the nevada state senator who comes in to, and the godfather too at that michael's son's birthday and he's just talking mad shit about the corleones and and how they're a bunch of pimps and thugs and they're going to kiss his ass and pay double his fee because fuck fuck you Italian Americans that's why mm-hmm. and then he's he's weeping over a dead hooker at about you know about an hour and a half later and it's like yeah that's right so you know <laughs> I don't know I, I, it's 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 got because like I, I liked a lot of things she's saying but like damn someone needs to put you know point some fingers back at her because the the, the shit that yeah, she the was talking is she to she's untouchable <sighs> yeah I doubt it <laughs> Mm-hmm. I bet she's pretty touchable. Well, well that's the thing. I, I think if she's going to get any comeuppance, it's probably through Dot. Uh, it seems like that's the only person who is shooken her at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody oh, else just the... seems to be cowed by her. I actually think I, I just like in talking about this, I'm trying to think like, man, the last time I felt this and I, I thought about like she really reminds me of Cersei Lannister, who was righteously angry okay. about her lot in life and that she's a woman and. She's in this medieval society that doesn't really give a shit about, but she's also just the worst. Yeah. Like you want to be like, go girl, but then no, not that far. Come back a little. Like mm-hmm. it's, that's what I feel with, with Lorraine when she corked off on, on poor and, in, and, in, Indira, Indrina, Indira, Indira. Yeah. She, uh, no, cause, cause Indira is a, and... is a protagonist. Like I, I like Indira. Yeah. I do yeah, yeah, not yeah. like Lorraine. I'm, I'm with you hundred percent, but she's, you know, the thing she's saying or not, untrue they're I, just that's 
I, with one notable exception, she is saying thing. I, I, I thought Lur, I was kind of okay. gobsmacked to hear Lorraine make a comment about debt and inheritance that I just don't think is true. But we, yeah, we'll get there. When I mean, we get if there, it I is, <laughs> uh, yeah, crazy if true, because um, that seems just wholly unfair. But yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. But yeah, we, we should probably get into the recap um, where we can talk about this stuff in more detail. Uh, did you miss Munch, actually, before we get onto it? Because I know a lot of people are missing Munch. And I think I do, too. Do I miss Munch? Um, he's a hell of a character. A little mm-hmm. afraid of the 500-year-old part. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, he's there. He's he's going. He's a force to be reckoned with, and he will. So like when that's the other kind of submarine float and blow to source. But I don't think he's yeah. a danger to Dot at this point. He's Doesn't all like about destroying Roy. Roy. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I kind of like you know a supernatural mad dog loosed on Roy. He 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 seems to be like the guy that deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Fargo with Bald Move. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Fargo on Bald Move. Okay, let's get into the recap. We start off with a montage of Lorraine and Dot. There's a little bit of new stuff in here. There's a little bit of stuff that happened previously, and it's just kind of Lorraine thinking about Dot and worrying about her, I think. Like, trying to figure out the angle here, trying to understand the situation and what she can do about it. Yeah. It's it's a little disjarring. I I I almost uh-huh. thought like, did we skip an episode somehow? How in this is this possible? Or did because... they decide to just do a previously on for this one episode? You know? Yeah, and then when you see Dot kind of like sleeping peacefully in Lorraine Lyon's bed, I found that a little hard to believe that she would just be that kind of blissed out at her mother in law's house that she just threatened a day ago. It seemed, yeah, it seems uh, a little but I, her her house is burnt down. Um, I, I guess I thought, did I misremember? I thought that she kind of was talking. She's just going to get a hotel, and the rain is like, well, nonsense. But I thought that I felt like Dot saw the danger, and I felt like you know this version of Dot just skipped last episode and just like, oh, thanks, mom, thanks for putting me up. That'd be nice for you to put me and Scotty up. It, it threw me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it is for Scotty's benefit because I think if dots on her own yeah she probably sleeps i don't know on a park bench somewhere or whatever but like you know she's still worried about the people coming after them i would assume she'd have money i don't know i I don't know how much money they have or if it all comes from the trust or whatever but i mean yeah they've got to have uh, some they were rolling up that gunshot going to spend thousands of dollars and they largely got turned away so i feel like Mm -hmm. you know they don't feel like they live paycheck to paycheck so you yeah. know how much is a cost of credit a hotel yeah, ex- yeah exactly exactly going to debt there you go yeah but for whatever reason she decides to stay at Lorraine's house and when she wakes up she uh Lorraine and Danish try to have her committed I mean it kind of works she threatens the doctors who try to grab her but she and she does manage to get a few blows in but they do grab her and stick her into the ambulance yeah, that was uh, Juno Temple being like, uh, I'm going to try to blind you boys. I'm going to break your fingers, try to bite mm-hmm. your nose off. And yeah. then them like bleeding, her strapped to the gurney, but them bleeding and the guy holding his eye. It's, uh, it's pretty good. And I do love how all she has to say is, shoot. <laughs> it's like, oh, expecting... another situation I'm going to have to break myself out of. 
I was expecting someone to lose a nose, though. I gotta say. Yeah. 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 She did get some bites in, but couldn't get out their noses. Apparently, she it's broke just mid-season. Them. It's just mid-season. Mm-hmm. There, there's still plenty of time to bite off noses. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I also love that when Lorraine finds out that the job has been done, she's sitting uh, once again in front of this same journalist, mm-hmm. who I guess is trying to interview her for a third Coming time. Coming back for the third time, uh-huh. yeah. Even more adversarial now. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Uh, so Dot's then taken to a mental facility, I I guess. It's the hospital. It's a local hospital. Um, same place we've seen before. And seems pretty docile, but... It, she... Is that not weird that they're that she's taken to a mental facility that happens to be the same hospital that her husband is being held for his being electrocuted and another guy is getting six feet of rope taken out of his belly like i, I, I mean if it's a smallish town i could see that being the only real facility in the area for mental and physical but you can health. involuntarily commit someone to like just a regular old hospital that's the thing. I, I I don't know if this is something to legitimately fear or something that absolutely cannot happen in our world, but to have a perfectly competent person be committed by their relatives seems... If their relatives are like multimillionaires and they own the hospital in such a That's way that the they thing. know... Like, like, I don't think it would last a couple of days of it's legal challenge. It's certainly not legal, but, no. But it's something that might happen. Um but it's more of like, I just think Noah Hawley's doing a little bit of sleight of hands. Like, well, pay no attention to the fact that uh, I'm taking her to the Sarah Connor treatment facility that's actually secretly a regular old hospital because she's going to later need to kidnap her husband. But if she was yeah, in a... Possibly. Yeah, it's like it's Yeah, it's just too many moving pieces, so he simplified things. Or this is the facility that Lorraine had sway over, and so she just used it, even though it's not really used for that, but... I don't know what. What do you think of the, the choice for narration here? This is not Jason something Schwartzman? that. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman joins the long list of Fargo veterans who've come back to do some voiceover. Billy Bob Thornton did some uh, narration, I think, on season three, and I think Martin Freeman did some on season two. Uh what did you what did you think about the the meditations on tigers of all uh, types? I I really like it just for the comedy of it. I yeah. don't know if I should like it for more than that, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Is there some is there some grand theory that you had about this, or is it just no? I thought it was an issue. It's um, okay. it it felt of all the voiceovers I've seen on Fargo, it felt the one that was a little bit more forced. Like especially when he talks about the tiger shark, mm-hmm. the only more lethal tiger than the tiger, but then they suffocate in a hospital environment. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. It's that that comedy. that would have landed it. on the funny season of Fargo I thought I was getting, but since this sure. has been so deadly serious, it just felt like a non sequitur. Non sequitur? Non sequitur. Yeah, I feel you. Um so yeah, she springs into action once she gets to the hospital, taking out an orderly, stealing some scrubs and walking toward the door. And we'll come back she, to that she, here in a second. I mean uh, I really like how she roped down that orderly, but she also brutalizes the nurse apparently too. Uh, Takes her scrubs, yeah. <laughs> it's one thing when Indiana Jones does that to a Nazi, but th- this is just Becky clocking in for a shift, man. She's maybe know. she was taking a nap. Maybe she maybe she found a spare pair of scrubs in a locker. She snatched her. She, you know, Becky or whoever was just taking a nap. She snatches her badge and. 
heads down. Maybe there was no violence involved. No, Amy came in. The, I think her name was Amy, and she came in through the room and like saw her strapping down the orderly and made like oh, a shocked face. And okay. then you see you see Juno shut the door and she's wearing her uniform. <laughs> gotcha. Maybe she's there. <laughs> just just there pulling her double shift, man. Did did not want any of that smoke. Got it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to the scene of Lorraine negotiating a deal to buy a bank in a precarious financial situation. She's a tough negotiator with these guys who clearly don't like negotiating with a woman. They'd prefer to negotiate with Danish. Uh, some of the stuff she says in here really irks me. And it's not the stuff about not negotiating with women and not respecting women. It's the stuff about she's in the debt business and she wants to get into the credit business. Like, get you yeah. coming and going. That just, ah, oh. Because there, there's no one loop. likes the repo man, but everyone loves the, the you know, credit person. Yeah, she's uh, the one who's going to get you in debt, and she's the one who's going to yeah. persecute you to collect on that debt. And her concern that the federal government won't let her do it because of these pesky antitrust things, you know? So she's right. doing like a, just a dip Dipping in her toe, toe. Mm-hmm. in the buying bank waters. Yep. Honestly, that she's a problem and the solution. Convenient. In my lifetime, the only time the federal government has has deigned to interfere in the course of business, uh, I think they broke up the Bell, Ma Bell. Mm-hmm. That was before my time, and and Microsoft. Yeah, they said you can't put Internet Explorer as the only thing in your on the desktop. System. You can't put it on yeah. the desktop. You can't bundle Word. Can't that's like that's, people to use it. That's the only line I've ever seen a company cross that got the feds involved in, you know, like. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, uh, and I'll bet you that Google is probably the default uh, search engine within their Chrome browser when you install mm. it. It's just my guess. It's my guess. Yeah. I don't use it because why would anybody use Chrome? But I, I'm betting there's some antitrust stuff that we could pursue if we wanted to. Uh, it would probably apply to a debt collector giving out loans. I don't know. I do. I I, I did think it was a little wild to have her like come like I. It felt unearned all the shots she took at these guys. You know. Well, we don't know them, about. but they I seem know, to react. <laughs> they it seemed to hit home with him. Would it? Because I'm like, if like I'm like you and I sitting across, you know, we we happen to, you know, we're we've been negotiating with this other lawyer, and we're at the table and we're like, oh, we're looking forward to close this deal on bald move. And Lorraine Lyon sits across from us, and we're like, well, who the hell are you? Where's the guy we've been talking with? And she's like, let me guess, you fucking watch donkey shows in Tijuana, and you're a filthy butthole liquor, and you hate women. I'd be like, what? I I don't know. How would uh-huh. you react? Pray, 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 consider your words, madam. Yeah. You're, you're uh, being too hasty by far. I would probably react differently depending on whether or not I was running a shady bank, I suppose. Like a five once, gallon once, shady bank. <laughs> yeah, five gallon bank. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right. She she comes on really hard here and it's intentional, right? She's putting them on their back foot. Um, yeah. She, she knows she has the upper hand. She has all the hand in this negotiation and she's going to use it and kind yeah. of enjoy it. I, I almost think she enjoys it. And they're going to take I, it. They're going to take it because they are greedy, filthy butthole lickers and they want their money. So, Well, and they're 
also potentially up for prosecution if they don't take it right like she can call the the governors and have governor and have them come in deal with it not just yeah she's got them over a barrel she's got a clause in six governors i think she said yeah i guess up there in the north midwest uh yeah the the upper midwest she's got a strangle stranglehold on it Mm mm-hmm uh, so let's go back to Dot, where she makes some small talk at the nurse's station on her way out, try and seem casual, but she's immediately made, uh, and then they sound the alarm. This nurse, this nurse is on it. <laughs> she uses this poor mentally ill woman as a prop, uh-huh. uh, for the, 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 for the rest of the episode, which, uh, you know, that's unfortunate because I really felt a poor woman looked scared. And concerned by the time this thing was over. Mm-hmm. I would be too, being carted around the hospital. Uh, but I, I like this woman at the desk here. She she doesn't, she, she's not suffering any fools. You know, she's not going to get played here. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. asks, she knows that name. She knows, I haven't seen you around the hospital. What are you doing here? I felt like if Dot was a hair slicker, she could have she could have covered it. Think she so? just was. I mean, but I, I, I also think it's believable that that's not her skill set. She's a tiger, not a weasel. So, <laughs> uh-huh. she's not as good a lion, lion on her feet. I mean, look at the pathetic lies she's oh, told. Oh, but like, she is a lion. Ah, uh, her mouth's <laughs> moving. But I mean, look at Jesus. the feeble lies she's told throughout the season about yeah, like yeah. you know, it's it's just it's just of the I reject your reality and substitute my own. There's not even attempt to make it believable. So mm-hmm. yeah, for not sure. so good, not so good talking herself out of situations. She does better later with uh, I don't I don't even know his name and dear's husband. Oh Lars, Lars. Yeah, she does better later with Lars. You know, well, I just pulled the double over at the hospital and. Pretty, but Indira set there. her up. She set yeah. her up with the though. This is my friend Patty, who just just is from the hospital, and the pot. So all she had to do is, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm wearing the scrubs. I mean, boom. Uh-huh. All right, uh, let's go to another. I, I don't know. I find it a fun scene where Roy shows up at Lorraine's house to talk about Dot, and he claims Dot is his property, and he wants her back. Lorraine says no because she's Wayne's wife and Wayne loves her and actually technically she's Wayne's property now if you want to call her property. Um, and Danish somewhere in the middle of this comes in and says uh, asks about the meeting with Duggar. I'm, there's still something that bugs me about John Hamm's characterization of Roy or the script's characterization of him. Oh yeah? Because like yeah when they're um I don't know. I just I don't like I I've known a fair bit of libertarians and I've I've you know grow, given where I grew up uh, you know I I I knew some of these like constitutional uh, free traveler sovereign citizen types and they don't talk like this 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 like uh, it comes to children I just uh, with needy children I'd rather see them forced them to play Hunger Games you know it's like it's yeah it's cartoonish and that like line I, I feel ridiculous. And I feel like that sometimes they, you know, I talked about this in the first two episodes is like, I'm not sure like Noah Hawley got pretty far into the writing process, not knowing whether Roy was going to be this buffoonish, 
you know, pierced nipple cartoon, or he was going to be like someone that's actually cold calculating something to be afraid of. And it's like, you know, you got to choose one. You can mock something. You can fear it. It's it's hard to do both. And I feel like Roy is kind of teetering episode by episode into this uncanny valley of like, do I take this guy seriously or not? Mm-hmm. And and kind of Miss Lyon, you know, Lorraine's in the same kind of valley where it's like they say so many stupid things that I can't like I've seen stupid people get wealthy, like deeply stupid wealthy, get and maintain wealth. But like. I would never take them seriously when they're like, if they were, if I heard them like trying to strategize how to outfight another criminal outfit or something, I'd be like, Oh, you're going to get, you're going to get you're you're, you're going to, you're going to walk up against a Vargas type and you're going to get your clock clean. Mm-hmm. But like, they want me to believe that these people believe and say phenomenally stupid things, but are also kind of brilliant at scheming and plotting and, and acquisition of power, you know, um, I mean, but maybe it's Lorraine's just like she's so entrenched in power because like I'm, I'm trying to think of like how did this person achieve this power like when she got those six governors in her pocket did she just literally go up to the governor's office kick in the door look you dickless feckless piece of shit I own you and like you know does that like what where does she have any slickness to her does she have any like creep to her and I, I don't know so they just feel like these weird uh generated characters for a particular purpose instead of like you know like how did wayne come from her you know uh yeah there's just a lot of like the man some of the and, and i just always like a rubik's cube trying to get it to where one of these co- sides match up with the colors and they, they never quite click into place maybe they will before the end of the season but it's uh distracting yeah i think i feel what you're saying about roy i i felt you know, ever since the nipple rings and the the role play sex box he has, I'm like, okay, I, I would believe that there are some people like this who, you know, have yeah. these images that of themselves that they're trying to uphold in public and then in private, they're very different. Uh, we've seen it time and time again in the news. But like, th- there is something weirdly he's trying to he's trying to write him like a caricature but also yeah take him seriously and i i I do if it was anybody else but john ham i might not be able to but i think he's walking that line like right down the middle he's he's very good at doing both he's very good at being intimidating and scary and uh and like you know in, in characters and in command like in you know don draper but he's also very good like almost everything he's done that's not mad men it's yeah. kind of been like uh, a straight goofy character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he can do both, but like at the same time. Yeah, no, it, it's incredibly difficult. And I don't know that he's able to completely pull it off, but I do take him seriously. I mean, it's it seems like him with the wife beater guy who he shoots in the head. Uh, yeah. Scenes like that where I start to say, okay, right. yeah, maybe this guy says something stupid from time to time. Uh, right. th- that I think is something this character wouldn't necessarily say, but also scenes like that, I I take him seriously during those moments. But then he shows up and the first words out of his mouth negotiating with a wealthy, powerful woman is, uh, I own women, uh, multiple women, actually. They're my property. And I'm like, God, again, is... I don't think he realizes no... how offensive that is to her. Really? I mean, we know because we saw her scene with the banker and we 
know that she's a woman, but he he has a code that he lives by, and I don't think he considers anybody else's thoughts on it for a second. I mean, he was unaware in the year 19... Wait, wait, 20, 2019 is what we're in? Late 2019? Mm-hmm. He's unaware that Koreans make cars. So it's possible, I guess, that he just doesn't engage with any kind of me- media, social or otherwise. And Well, he definitely does, right? I mean, the, the he's name-checking some of the social movements that are happening, right? So, so like Even I'm saying, like, does he, he, he... But yeah, I guess like what what is his play here? He's just going to go up and be like, hey, uh, your son's wife is married. My wife is married to your son. I, I, I want my property back. I mean, that's like that's what he came there to do. It's just it's, it's kind of an insane thing to come there to do to, again, well, I, a woman who's like on the cover of Forbes. And but you he, know, but he thinks this is right by by God. I mean, he, yeah. he thinks what he his mission here is ordained by God according yeah. to him. So yeah, he comes here and tells you something that that's offensive, but his belief system says you should believe this too. And I he's just yeah, he's a no nonsense guy too, but like I I don't know, man. I really, yeah, there there's something weird about it, but the, the, he's also pulling it off. I really liked um I really like Lorraine's speech about the, the you know, what is it if you want all freedom, no responsibility? And he's like, a pres- I'm a president, a king. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, it's a baby. Those are the only people that have, you know, any kind of freedom with no responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I really liked Ham's face when she said it. Like, you know, that was a moment where she got him and he, like, doesn't really have a response. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that. Just I just wish it was coming coming from a terrible person. Like oh, it would have been, it, yeah. it would have been a much more like stand up and cheer thing if like Dot or Indira said that. But uh, Lorraine is like, because I don't even know what her deal is. Does she think she's the only person that is, you know, like like yeah, I don't know. I I, I I'm I struggle to understand her worldview, where people who are in debt are just commodities to be bought and sold right animals in a cage caged in a zoo yeah the truth here is making her a villain yes they didn't get there they got themselves into this debt but did they have a choice yeah i mean what what is her alternative she can not go to school and what's her plan if all of the animals in mass just get up and decide they're no longer going to stay in this <laughs> well, cage you know i think she thinks she's got a shotgun or something and we'll just put them all down one by one. But yeah, yeah I don't see that. There's uh, like 8 billion people on this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's probably not 8 million people like Lorraine. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's enough shotgun shells to go around. I, yeah. I wonder if they're hinting. Well, we'll wait. I'll wait. To, and uh, I'll wait to get that. Uh, I'll, I'll wait to get there till we get there. But uh, there's another scene coming up where I wonder if they're hinting at something here. We do get some more pertinent information about the Nadine-Roy relationship in this scene, which I thought was interesting. He says, he gives an exact date for their marriage, June 3rd, 2007, which is roughly 12 and a half years before the events of the current timeline. And then Um, Dot gives us the other half of that timeline. She does. She says she was 15 when she was taken in by Roy's group, and she was 17 when they were married. 
so we know that she's, she's about 29 right now 30 somewhere yeah. in there and that all lines up really beautifully with scotty being uh roy's daughter and it doesn't line up at all with Gator being her. Not at all. Mom. No, I mean it's yeah. impossible for that Gator theory. To be I I, I thought that theory was a it was a very long shot anyway. But now, yeah, it's it's impossible. The timelines just don't don't add up. Nope. Uh, it 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 seems like it might just be possible for Scotty to be Roy's daughter if she was pregnant when she ran away. Uh, because of the stuff that Roy says here, he says two years before and during uh they, they were together two years before and during their marriage which I'm could betting, mean she was as old as 19 when she ran away i'm betting that her discovering she was pregnant was the impetus to her finally running away i'm, uh, yeah, I'm betting we're going to see a scene of her certain. looking at a pregnancy test and you know she's not because like uh roy would definitely add that to the list of property that was taken from him Mm-hmm. If he knew she was pregnant and he there's no lights that flicker at all with the Scotty situation. So right. I, I I'm pretty sure I'm 99 percent sure the show is telling us this. But like, yeah, I, I think. Then it makes me wonder about Wayne and her. Does Wayne know that this is not his biological daughter? I mean, see, that's the thing. That's so manipulative that I could see her, you know, seeing this guy who's kind of a pushover and taking advantage of him, going real in there, real hot and heavy, whirlwind, shotgun marriage. And it's like, oh, you're pregnant a month into it. And, you know, who's going to get out the calendar and really count how many weeks anyway? And, um, and then I, I think that she has fallen in love with him. But, like, I definitely mm-hmm. think she, he was a mark when they met. He would have um, to be. I mean, for it to happen that quickly. Yeah. And I we've mean, because it's like she goes straight is. from Roy's ranch to the yeah. bar where she meets Wayne or something, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I bet we see that. that fast. I, I, I would bet like we get to. That. I bet we get that flashback for sure. Yep. I did like getting the context for that. Um, Danish walks Roy out giving him his card and saying they'll talk soon and Roy leaves with an implied threat saying you'll see me but not the way you want to and Indira shows up and says the dot escaped Um, so Roy rings up Gator and says activate plan B which is kidnapping Wayne but they're going to leave Gator in the car yeah there's a bunch of uh, I I liked him calling uh, Danish Graves a muffin uh, he is so hung up on the names of people. It's why, like, oh, you got you got a you got a boy's name, you got a girl's name, you got a food name, which is pretty high and mighty for a guy who names his kid after an animal with about a half a tablespoon of brains. Gator, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> this guy. Um, I it's it's interesting. Um, what it. It feels like they're building up Jerome to be something the way he's kind of like it takes a shine after Scotty, the way he's just kind of always in the background, unflappable, the way he, he narrowed his eyes at at Roy when he kind of threatened Scotty and Danish. Like, I wonder. Yeah, he's described as a major domo. I, I wonder if he's got like some kind of like special forces skills or he's going to be a badass before everything's because he's just like this strong, silent thing. It's always in the background. Yeah, I don't know. Haven't paid much attention to him honestly because he's always in the background. But yeah, 
I did like Danish, like his exas- exasperation as he just gets done with Roy, who's a lot. And then he looks behind him and like Indira is right there, like asking uh, questions about the committed daughter. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, just getting it on all fronts here. Um, So we, we talked about the Roy calling Gator and activating plan B. I was under the impression that these dudes that were kind of hanging around Roy's place were also deputies. But the way Gator says, I'm the law, when they get out, like, I think that, no, they're just like militiamen thugs, maybe even his father-in-law's men, rather than, than the, they're definitely not peace officers, yeah. is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I'm Not that right. Gator's much of one either, but, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, but he at least badge. has a badge. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, no, you're right. This this guy's name, I guess, is Bowman, uh, which I didn't know until yeah. today. Yeah. But uh, and uh, I, I like Gators kind of like, I'm not going to stay here. And he kind of but he, then he thinks like, oh, God, you know, he's afraid. He's afraid of Roy, afraid of Bowman. He's not going to he's not uh-huh. going to get out until there's desperate circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Dot's about to walk out of the hospital when Bowman and his guys come in looking for Wayne, and Dot hears that and heads up to Wayne's room. Yeah, I I would give a lot more credit to the um, the tension that they build with like all these narrow misses, except for this whole scene was constructed with that in mind, like the fact that the mental institution is the same place as the hospital, the fact you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's been carefully arranged in a way that feels a little writerly. It did it, it that, that there's a couple pieces didn't feel organic, so it's like there's not as much tension as there I think otherwise would have been. But uh, otherwise, it's it's quite the romp, you know. She's just like going from near miss to near miss, and the FBI agents show up, and there's mm-hmm. you know it's tons of complications, and yeah, no, it feels almost like a heist kind of thing. It feels reverse heist. Yeah, yeah, getting yourself out. Um, a prison break. Yeah, that's I, that's what it is. The opposite break, of a heist yes. is a prison break. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do feel like it has a certain Cohen-esque rhythm to it, which they, you know, they, they don't always do it, but th- there's some kind of crescendo that they managed to build with their action, especially in, like, The Big Lebowski. I remember the scenes where yeah. they're dropping off the money. Uh, uh-huh. And there's just, like this crescendo of action that happens kind of out of nowhere. And that's sort of mm-hmm. what this felt like to me. All these pieces coming together. You got the cr- crazy Walter uh, with his dirty undies and his machine gun and yeah, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, So let's go back quickly to Gator who is stewing out in the car and he spots the FBI. So he runs inside to alert Bowman and his team. Uh, this is probably the right call. I, I think Roy would be more upset to find out that he knew the FBI was there and didn't say anything. But uh, do these guys not have radios? Radios. Well, man. that's what I was wondering because Gator actually pulls his phone out and I think he's about to text or call Bowman and he doesn't. And I'm wondering. Because he doesn't want to leave evidence. But Is that why it is? I assume. I assume. Okay. But radios but solve that problem. Radios. Yeah, no but evidence I guess they don't have they, they don't they don't have the police radios on them because they're not police. You can buy radios without being you can police. Buy, buy Baofeng or whatever the eighteen dollar. Sure, Amazon.com has plenty yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, 
I know Radio Shack went under, but they didn't take radio with them. <laughs> <laughs> Just the name. How how's a man supposed to get a radio in this country? There's no shacks left. <laughs> oh, the guy in the trunk's trying to get out. We'll be right back. We'll put the ads in the wood chipper. Welcome back. I don't know. I feel like these guys should have better ways to communicate than paper trail leaving texts. I thought, yeah, but I, I agree with you. I thought that he was going to admit he's like, ah, I don't want to leave a paper trail. You know, yep. don't want any, anyone subpoenaing any records on this kidnapping. So like with the rare flash of insight, the rare yeah, brain good blast for him. coming from, from Gator. He, he used that tablespoon of brains and... <laughs> Got something, got effect. something together with it, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so then Dot spots security, and she ducks into a room to avoid them. And the patient in the room, we've seen this guy before. This is the intestines enema guy. Uh, hassles her for his jello, so she puts a coat over his face and smothers him. Not to death, just knocks him out. Uh, then she swaps the nameplates on his room with Wayne's before hiding Wayne in the bathroom. There's a little bit of, because this guy, I mean, I don't know what the appropriate amount of being outraged that you showed up to get your cancer taken out. You're still two days later. You got no cancer. You, you still got cancer. Got no enema. You got no, you got no jello. You got no beef broth. I can see being angry, but there's also uh -huh. a vicarious like, oh, you picked the wrong fucking one. Yeah. This, this, this little gal in scrubs is not going to take your shit. She's going to fold you up like a pretzel. And and also like what all ends up happening because like you know then you imagine him coming too and now he's really irate because he's like a nurse just uh -huh. fucking assaulted me and Bowman comes in starts his shit up with him and they <laughs> they, they they intimate that they really tune him up you know oh, yeah. like they put their backs into it so it's like this guy yeah. really gets a lot of comeuppance uh, in a hurry and, and I feel like this is the show saying this is what the people who are constantly at each other's throats should get yeah this feels like a show making a statement yeah. yeah 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 um but for some reason they don't in our society which you know maybe they will eventually we'll see uh do you think wayne gets his intestines removed because he's got the nameplate of some other guy who was supposed to have that operation I would hate to think that the hospital would be that incompetent, but uh -huh. it's the funny option and it's the tragic option. So I'm bracing myself for, yes, that's going to happen. And it does happen. Like Sure, there are mix-ups in the operating room. Yeah, you, you hear you hear crazy-ass stories all the time. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty severe one. You'd want to double-check that chart. Uh, but he's not in a position to defend himself is the thing, right? Like no. they come in and say, all right, time to time to take your ass out. Right. And he's like, ass? Yeah. Am I rich? That's <laughs> where my poop comes out. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's done. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. I, so like how is he getting better? Because I felt like he was a little more with it this episode. Yeah. Like he it, like they're just showing signs that he will make a recovery. He doesn't understand He's, the concept of money, but he can string a sentence together now. Right. Yeah. When he said, where's the money? I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. I wonder what's going. But then I, uh, on subsequent watch, I saw that he I said, what is money? And I'm like, uh -huh. oh, okay. He's 
because I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to do some some thinking because like, where was there like some kind of money involved? Is there like a large sum of money? Like, you know, because that's kind of like the always a background fascination mm-hmm. of Fargo is, you know, what happened to Steve Buscemi bag, you know? Mm-hmm. Is it ever going to show up? But uh, no, he just wants to know what is money. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's go to Dot running into the FBI at the same time that Gator walks by. And Gator tells Bowman that the FBI is here, but they're already um, on their way out with the person they think is Wayne, which is actually this Jordan guy. Uh, Dot sees the orderly she assaulted and ducks into the bathroom while the FBI waits outside. And when they check on her, she's gone out the window. Um, are these FBI agents also stupid? I'm starting to get the idea that they're more comedic figures than they are serious. They are. They are. I don't take them nearly as seriously as I take Roy. Because they haven't well, shown me anything yet. I haven't but... seen I haven't seen uh Joaquin's nipples. I mean True. You could have horse you could have horseshoes in those things and, and he's right there with Roy, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just something about the but you know, the the him, you know, saying like uh He's a longtime FBI agent, presumably knows how to read people, and he's like, Yeah, I think she's tired of running. And immediately she has done the Fargo thing where she sneaks yeah. out the bathroom, uh which I think is like on the third floor. I'm I'm not entirely it, sure how she got three. out of there. I mean the the number on I the room is three oh two. I thought so. So, so yeah, it could be. And that's not a problem for a tiger. They got claws, they'll just, just climb down, but maybe. Yeah. But I'm no. starting to think these guys are um, c- kind of silly, silly guys. Uh, and, and weren't uh-huh. the um, were those government agents that uh, that that Lorne Malvo shot up in that big uh, scene um, where he goes through the building, or was that the was that that another level of like Fargo mafia? Oh, it's been quite a few years. I don't remember. Because sometimes they do that. They'll have like one set of cops that are smart and then one set of cops that are dumb. And I'm starting to think that this is the set of cops that are kind of dumb. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, We do have several smart cops on the payroll here. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if they're trying to say something about national law enforcement or if they just made some characters they liked or whatever. But who knows? Uh, let's go to back to Lorraine Indira's, uh, in her office questioning about why she had dot committed, but Lorraine derails his conversation responds with her own train of thought about the debt that Indira's accumulated and how she's an animal in a zoo because of it. And then finally getting around to answering her question, <laughs> sort of, she says, uh, she asks her if she's going to do her job and find dot in the most demeaning way possible. Yeah, I kind of want to nitpick all the stuff Lorraine's saying because she's, like, throwing in a lot of debt. Like, you know, uh, mortgage and student debt are not the worst kind of debt to have, especially if you're buying a house in in 2019. You know, that's that's probably going to be a solid appreciating uh, asset outside of Twin Cities. Come on now. And you're looking pretty uh, good when the interest rate is now 6-point-something percent on your loans. Yeah, and I know you can do crazy stuff with student loans, but assuming that you're not like, you know, uh, going to just the the, the toppest, tierest 60,000 a year school for some frou-frou degree, 
uh, you know, the stats are pretty clear that a college degree is a solid, solid investment, uh, mm-hmm. even at the, the insane rates that they're charging nowadays. But then she's like, you know, and then, and then she said that, like, uh, all you parents are putting your children in the cages because all your that that's not true. It's you did. They might try, but they cannot stick you with your parents debts. Not even that, in this. That would this, be this, truly this, insane. Yeah, not even this society can a, a parent rack up debts to saddle their children. Now it might eat up all the assets. You might not get anything, but you can't inherit a negative number. Yeah. Um. And I wish that. In, I wish Nadir could have said anything back to her. Like it felt like, God damn, some like get a word in there, do something, stand up for yourself. But it's just like they just wanted Lorraine to trample her, and uh, she yeah, is she... a very hissable villain at this point. I got. Oh say. yeah, a couple of really hissable villains between her and Roy. Um, I I. I don't know. It's tough because you get into conversations like this with people who have thought deeply about the topic and maybe they've gone completely up their own ass with it and they now think they're doing a service when actually they're doing tons of harm. Uh, those people have thought of every angle of that conversation and have a response for everything. Indira is not the person who's thought about that true deeply. Yeah. And for her, it would almost strike me as false for her to have some swift comebacks here. Mm. Um, Cause she's never thought of herself as a caged animal. She's never, considered what the debt has really done to her life or if it might affect her children in the future if she had any interesting yeah i suppose that's true yeah it's it's tough when like experts for lack of a better term is what lorraine is in the field they they think about this stuff all the time because it's their job well and it's it's interesting to compare this speech uh which is how she really feels to what she said to the the forbes uh reporter where you know last Oh, uh, episode yeah. is all about oh I'm helping people resolve their problems with dignity with our trained specialist and I'm I'm helping them help themselves and here it's just like I'm the zookeeper and you are the filthy animals and I'm right extracting money every second you're in this fucking cage and you just rip it's like yeah like that's there's no dignity uh to to any of this yeah and she's thought not not just about how pathetic and disgusting the people who take on debt are but how she can spin it in her favor and say you know what a great yeah. thing she's doing for those people by forcing them to pay and then you know we, there's like you know in the in the not too recent past there was it's even worse with debt you know like people could go to prison for owing too much money and then guess guess how easy it was to get out of that situation um but there's something interesting that like you can go along with, uh, well, people are irresponsible and it's just the criminals that are having these problems and all, you know, like if, if, if 5% of society's in jail, seems like a lot, but okay, 5% of society's in jail. Uh, maybe, maybe they are the bad people. We found them, we've locked them up. But 90% of Americans are in a situation you're describing as like a prison. Are yeah, like the mind just re- refuses to accept that like 90 percent of uh, our, our our fellow citizens are some sort of criminal deviant you know that they uh, deserve, deserve to be there yeah yeah that this is something that like if if night if, if 90 percent of people fall for something maybe it's not their problem maybe it's a confidence scam, uh, scheme maybe it's a it's a it's a con yeah, job maybe it's know? a psychological trick uh designed to designed to break our hardwiring yeah yeah. And that's the thing. I look back at a couple episodes ago, the voiceover that Lorraine had about it starts as an itch. Maybe you want that handbag, right? 
but then immediately goes toward things that can't be helped, things that are beyond your control with uh, your car breaks down. You have mm. to get to your job, so you have to pay, but you can't pay, so you take out debt. Uh, yeah, it's... it's and, and some people don't realize it's a prison, but others do, and they just have no way out of it. The people who go and spend and spend and spend on frivolous things that they don't need, but they just want... Sure, you could label them as like the people who maybe deserve something uh, to, to be in that cage. But then there's the people like Indira who don't deserve it. Do you think that they're mixing their metaphors a bit? Because like Indira, like we find out that most of her debt is like, you know, she bought a house. A lot of people buy a house. She got some student debt. A lot of people did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some medical debt because her husband's finger got the glove at the factory, that kind of thing. But then they also give her her husband who is just spending pissing money like water trying to to reach this yeah. dream that he's not high enough for. It feels like they're maybe playing a little shell game there with like you know Yeah, it would like, certainly be a clearer message if she wasn't saddled with Lars. Yeah. If if there were cuz there are plenty of people who aren't in that situation, right? Who have necessities yeah. that they have to pay for and can't afford and yeah. They don't have a Lars dragging them down, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Here it's here it's a little bit of a a mixed bag. I agree. And the whole system set to get the hooks in, like you know, you, you when you get kids going to college, uh, getting six, seven, eight credit card offers a month. You know, mm-hmm. at the same time, they're also making these large purchases for the education. It's like what what do people expect to happen? You know, the the other thing. So just today. I got an email from my bank telling me, hey, you're in a you're... cage, you filthy animal. <laughs> hey, you're in a cage. Do you want to get out? Uh, no, no they, they sent me a message saying, hey, your enrollment in this program, this overdraft protection program is about to expire. Do you want to renew it? It's free. Uh, and here are all the benefits of it. You won't get charged this $34 fee for not having the money to pay for something. Mm-hmm. except in these circumstances. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's the trap right there. I don't have the money to pay for something. This is the debtor's prison, right? I don't have yeah. the money to pay. And so you put more fees on top of it. Guess what? I still can't pay. And in fact, yeah. I more can't pay. It's an the, insane... The amount of hoops you have to go to get a bank to just deny your fucking card when you're out of money. I had to explicitly tell them because, deny because me the default if I don't is, have it. The yeah. default is go ahead and do the transaction and, and, and charge an overdraft fee. Yeah. And then every day that you're, you're adding your balance, adding another one. And it's not something right. that you even know. It's like, oh, I thought I had $100 in the account. So they're just, yeah. And that's like the default. The default is to fucking put you in the cage. You know, And, and, and I'm looking at that going, oh, so there are exceptions when they won't do this. If you had a positive balance when the charge was actually made, even right. even if that money wouldn't be there by the time the charge went through, oh, they won't do it in that case. That's nice of them. Uh, mm. I found myself going, oh, this is nice that they provide this feature. And then I said, wait, wait one fucking second. This is right. insane that there would ever be a charge for not having money in the first place. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the insane part. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this this stuff is quicksand. It grabs you, it grabs a hold of you at the first opportunity and you can't get out in a lot of cases. Yeah, I think that resonates with a lot of people. You know, it's 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 tough out there. It's been tough for a couple, for, I don't know, when's the last time it was easy? It's designed to be tough. Late designed 90s, early aughts. like Lorraine to be tough. Yeah, pre-2008. 
1990, 2008, pretty good time. Pretty good time to be American. That's in between yeah. the, 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 the last two giant financial meltdowns. Sure. Um, okay, let's go to Dot showing up outside of Lorraine's house and flagging down her daughter. Scotty tells her that Roy was here, which is not fun for her to hear. And then they leave together. Yep. Can we pair this with the next scene? Because I think they're a delicious yes. combo. Uh, so Danish is hassled for his ID by security as he's leaving Lorraine's compound. Are First of all, are these the guys from Vegas? I think so. Who else would they possibly be? They're not as nearly as entertaining as I thought they'd be. So they no, they're not as these guys are buttoned down. John, yeah. these these are these are the guys that John Wick kills in clubs. You know, just faceless, yeah, black yeah. suited, eight. You know, got in the HK and P5s. They're just you know, they're just goons. Yeah, they felt like take the guns out of their hands and they're club bouncers. Like this is yeah, yeah. Just well, I want to see your ID. Okay, go through, or I don't like the way you look. Get out of here. The yeah. funny thing to me is the incompetence on display here because. The insistence on seeing a guy's ID who you recognize his face. He's the man who hired you. He's the man who pays your checks, uh, your salaries. He is leaving the compound. So clearly he was here by invite. And then for them to insist on that. And then what's his name to walk up and say, Scotty's gone. Is just a delicious juxtaposition. They're, they're so insistent on the minutia of these rules, and then they fail completely in their main objective. And this is the scene I was wanting to talk more about, because I think there's another underlying thing here. You've heard the like the the ultra wealthy. I mean, not all of them, but a lot the, the ultra wealthy. One of the things they talk about when they get together, their retreats is what happens if the system collapses and we have you know eight billion people on our doorstep trying to get ours and they've they've solved that like oh we're gonna get private islands and we're gonna have you know buy 10 years of bunker fuel so we can run our generators and we're gonna have a crack team of security guards and they're gonna guard us and they're gonna keep and without a tra trace of irony they don't realize that like why the fuck would the guys with guns protect you in that situation why wouldn't they just string you up on the walls and just dine on all you know enjoy your generator and all because they're the ones with the gun i wonder if they're mm -hmm. going with this like that this guy is showing danish if he was smarter that you are not the one in control of this situation i'm the guy with the gun i'm the guy you're the guy in front of the mm -hmm. gun i get to decide what's important what's not who i listen to and who don't listen to and gray Dan danish is is thick enough to not get that lesson and at the end of it, he berates this guy and is like don't you ever fucking do that to me again or what you know and it's fine mm -hmm. in this situation because you can just fire these guys get other goons but if these are the guys that you have fucked off to your deserted island that you're supposed to enjoy you're supposed to ride out armageddon you yeah that that relationship won't work That's and i wonder island. if they're not yours e exactly yeah. exactly don't you ever fucking don't you ever fucking turn that gun on or what you know like i i wonder if they if if uh holly's kind of gesturing to that the fact that like mm -hmm. lorraine's not tough she's an old woman like it mm -hmm. gator could come in there and rob her blind but she's got money so she's got people and those people have gun but again she doesn't that's not the things that she has. She just has money. If the you know, if 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 the 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 system collapses and she doesn't have that, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. I I just wondered if they're because it's such a bizarre scene. Otherwise, it just makes 
this Vegas outfit look like the the the, the derpiest of derps? But I, I wonder if they're making yeah. a point with it. I don't know. Could, could be all they're doing is making him look dumb. But uh, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, and also there. Yeah, this is, reminds me of Jesus' parable about the guy straining out the gnat because yeah. they don't want to accidentally eat something on the Sabbath, but they just gulp down camels, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're they're sweating grace for his ID, but they let Scotty get kidnapped by the lunatic mother, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- I mean, that idea that you were just talking about, um, where the guys with guns are the ones in charge, is what mm-hmm. makes Roy a force to be reckoned with, because he's shown that he has guns and he's willing to use them. Uh, and his ideology demands a level of faith and fidelity from his men that don't rely on their paycheck. And, yeah, you know, yeah. they believe in a cause and they believe in Roy and his father-in-law as almost divinely appointed leaders. That's that's how the kings kept their shit going for thousands of years. Well, well you can't. I mean, God put them on the throne. What, what Which little I also look at the latest season of Righteous Gemstones and I see how that can pretty easily fall apart. Right. Uh, yeah. If if your men start losing faith in you for whatever reason and don't True. see you as God's ordained hero, yeah, sure, sure. I mean that's <laughs> that's, that's a far some and, schemes are easier yeah. to look the 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 see through than others, but totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it can go wrong for you. All right, let's go to Indira. Uh, she gets home, finds her husband practicing his swing, and also finds Dot and Scotty in her kitchen. Indira tells Dot about her credit troubles and Lara's golfing. And Dot asks if she can leave Scotty with her for a few days. Indira says she wants the truth first. So Dot tells her everything. I I don't know. She's a little cryptic, but she comes clean with a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. Indira agrees to take Scotty against her better judgment. And then Dottie drives, Dot drives off. Uh, hell, hell bent on doing something. It's not clear to me, like, I understand why Indira and Indira wants to help, you know, but it's not clear to me why she would, as a police officer, essentially sanction a, a, a commando situation. Like, you know, she's going to go clearly kill a bunch of people or, you know, take care of things. Probably, yeah. Why... Have they done enough to tell me that, like, Indira thinks that she is, like, an almost supernaturally capable killing machine? Like, she literally is a tiger, and uh, she owes her, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what for sure, what numbers but... span, spun through the back of her head to have them all click into place. Maybe it's just annoyance of her husband, you know, like, she's ready to blow mm-hmm. up her life. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, yeah, her husband coming in and basically said, hey, babe, I'm going to probably spend a lot of more money at the... Also, starting to think the golfers are right that this guy just don't got it. Yeah, no, clearly. If you, if you st- you've, uh, yeah, if you're spending mo- uh, over a grand on your clubs and you're and, and you still got a bad slice, like it ain't the gear, man. It ain't the gear. Yeah. Uh, but this guy, yeah, going in here and then him checking out Dot and like a Joey Tribbiani, hey, how you doing? Kind of way. Did you did you clock oh, that? Did- no, I didn't see that. Yeah, when he kind of like looks at Dot and then he then he looks at her again, he knows that she's an attractive woman. And he's like, hey. And then then he sees Indira notice it. And then he's really? like, acts like he's been caught. Yeah, he's just a. Wow. He's just a fucking scumbag, man. Uh, oh, yeah. I wonder if they're going to. I, I wonder if they're going to make some other point about him and Indira getting together very young in the same way that like 
obviously it's not the same way because it seems like like uh, Nadine here was like taken in as a 15 year old runaway or he also yeah you wonder if like Roy like was she like a victim like did, did her father like beat her molest her and Roy came in yeah. there and quote unquote saved her and then groomed her and then married her and there, I think there, the there's really that she's talking about because there's that the discussion where she says you know they they beat you when they're weak and need to make themselves feel and powerful they, they and the they the... she's talking about when Indira asks I think is Roy and her father the men in her life yeah yeah there's there's definitely Indira's like eyeballs clicked when the the, the they thing yeah. came out that that was uh... and she says like that's a whole other story right before right, 15 right. so like yeah, there, there's something then, bad in her childhood as well. Yeah, so she she spent 15 to 17 in with Roy or associated with Roy in his compound. Then they got married, and then two years later, she's out. Mm-hmm. It's all pretty dark shit that they're sketching around. Yeah, yeah, um, and you can see why she would want to be with a gentle guy like Wayne, right? No more sure. of this shit. I've I've experienced too much pain at the hand, hands of bad men to ever want to do that again yeah and wayne seems like a genuinely nice and kind and gentle person so yeah uh i don't know i don't know uh i like this scene a lot i am a little dubious that a police officer would agree to this but i'm just willing enough to go along with it that it doesn't ruin the moment at the end which i think is fairly exciting because i want to see this tiger tear shit up I noticed that the uh, dot takes a left out of the driveway when she's going on her mission. Um, and I wouldn't think about this on almost any other show, but Fargo traffics in this stuff so much. Does is there uh, is Holly hinting that this is a bad choice by having her turn to the sinister direction because it's not right. Yeah, she's not going the dexterous, <laughs> the good, the upright. She's going the sinister. The... What are you saying about left handed people? I'm not saying it. Western civilization has been quite clear <laughs> about the left-handed yeah. collectively and their we diabolical menace. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Talitha just said that she is a sinister. Our producer, so you know, <laughs> I'm sitting up a little straighter. Watch my p's and q's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. know. They're, they're built different. Uh, I, 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 but I, I wonder if there. This is a hint that this is a. This is a wrong turn. In that she's breaking bad, or this is a mistake? It's a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake. Okay. Because it's hard for me to be like, God damn, how bad were things? Because, like, what could you be blamed for before you're 15? Like, hopefully nothing. Please, God, hopefully nothing. (laughs) What the hell could you possibly be in jeopardy for that you can't just, like, I am being attacked by armed militia goons and like I just I just throw myself at the mercy of the 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 police the the, the FBI yeah, the jury and the the you were in the peers, hands of yeah. the FBI and you're you would rather tiger it up um that seems insane and I know she's like she is surprisingly ferocious and uh people definitely under but i wonder like i'd I'd like to see her go against a person who's not underestimating her and i don't think roy Mm -hmm. and his guys at this point are going to ever ever underestimate her again well there may be uh uh kind of coming together of storms here between her and munch because munch does not underestimate her either he knows exactly what she is now 
and I could I see them all cares. kind of just showing up at the same time to exact justice. Yeah. And, and I can see them teaming up and kind of like uh, Nikki Swango, Mr. Wrench kind of. Oh, yeah, they way. could team up. Because uh, why would seems they? like a tough guy to team up with. Well, it wouldn't be like we're friends forever. It would be a it would sure. be a enemy of my enemy situation. But like, why would? But how do you have a he... conversation covered with a man covered in blood and goat shit? And like, he's a, had a bath. A rational conversation. Look, this man had a long hot bath and a stack of pancakes. We have no idea what he's going to be like. He might his True. shit might have been sorted. Some bisquick might have been all. And Dot's a provider of pancakes. She's going to cover, she's going to show up covered in pancake batter and maple syrup, <laughs> and they're going to be fast friends. Oh, Jesus. It sounds like there's <laughs> going to be some kind of, some kind of sin eating sex magic happening. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't want to think about eight, Mark my words. I don't want to think about that's, that's, that's kind of <laughs> gross. But yeah, no, I, I am I, genuinely I, excited for what's going to happen next, though. Because I, I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that Munch has any animosity towards Dot. Like, I don't I, think so. He was paid to do a job. Mm-hmm. It went sideways. Uh, and he was going to take more money to do it right. But then Roy fucked him. And now he's like, nah, you need you you, you need your, your sins punished. So I think he would be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just how will that be communicated to each of them, I guess? How will they not end up in a weird, bad situation and fighting each other incidentally, maybe? Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It could go either way. And I'd be here for either of those. Well, hey, uh, it sounds like we're ready to get the feedback. Um, well, there's one other thing. I, oh, yeah? I like the line, beggars can't be choosers when they're talking about watching The Little Mermaid. Because it goes mm-hmm. right in line with the debt stuff that they're going with, right? Like, you got to take ah. the handouts when you're down bad, uh, that kind of thing. I don't I don't know I don't know if they're explicitly trying to tie those two things together but thematically those feel tied together to me. Well, you know what? If you think about the plot of Little Mermaid, it's about a young inexperienced woman being taken advantage of by an older woman who puts her into a debt uh with a bad contract. Uh, okay. That take, yeah. robs her of her voice that she needs to like make good on her end of the bargain and plans to ensnare her forever. Uh huh. And only wow. an intervention by a wrathful sea god keeps that from happening, essentially. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah, I, that, there might be some more thematic tie, uh, tie ins to that. Interesting. There's a little bit of poor, unfortunate souls kind of uh, crocodile tears in, in Lorraine's whole whole deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, that that was the only other observation I had. Uh, I have an observation before we get the feedback. It's a little bit of a, a bad news situation. Uh, we weren't able to get screeners for this season, and we are uh, already told our family before we even knew Fargo was happening. We're taking this this time off for Christmas, uh, so we're not going to be able to cover the next two episodes of Fargo. Our plan is when we get back in the office in January 2nd that we are going to cover both of those episodes in that that the, that week and then get back into the... So we should only be delayed on two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess my recommendation was keep watching and uh, or, or, or take a couple weeks off, spend some time with your family, uh, make some pancakes, and uh, we'll get, get back together in January to talk about it. But, yeah, we... 
Uh, this is going to be the last Fargo episode that we release until we get to to into the, the new year. So that that's the breaks. Uh, Fargo at baldmove.com. If you want to send in feedback during that time, though, uh, we will be covering both of those episodes when we get back, and we'll we'll catch up on the feedback too. Uh, Fargo at baldmove.com is how you send in that feedback. Uh, also, if you'd like to follow us and see what else we're doing, because it's not like we're totally shut down. We did get screeners for for all mankind. We are going to be continuing to cover that. Um, recorded in advance throughout the break. We've got a bunch of Christmas stuff that we've been doing over on the club side. Uh, we just released a Ghostbusters anniversary kind of edition podcast that, uh, uh, that a lot of people are loving. How do you keep up with what we're doing? Uh, it's easy. At Bald Move, every social media, except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move there. Uh, let's And then, yeah, if you want to also support us and get extra content like some of the Christmas stuff we're doing, uh, support.baldmove.com to get ad-free feeds and more. We'll be back with Fargo, your darn tootin'. The fountain of conversation continues. Here's more Fargo. Let's get into it. Fargo at baldmove.com. First up is Nicole B. She wants to clean up Roy's backstory. Says in episode three, around the eight minute mark, there's a slow pan over a picture wall in Roy's house. It pans over three wedding photos in which the grooms are very John Hammy and all are wearing the signature Roy cowboy hat. The first is Roy and his current wife. The second is a more baby faced Roy who is with assume, I assume is Gator's mom. And the last is Roy and Nadine. In episode four, the FBI agents mentioned that Roy Tillman's first two wives are missing, and the scene ends with news that Nadine has been found via her fingerprints on file from a recent arrest. I assume Mr. and Mrs. J. Kwan, uh, FBI will be at Doors Dot Store next episode. Nice guess. The whereabouts are faded. Gator's mom, wife number one, has not been alluded to yet. Wait. So I appreciate that. Um, so he's been married four times? No, just a two times. His, his current wife... His current wife is uh, wife number three. That's the that's the, the the latest wife. Yeah, and then then you've got uh, Roy. Um, then you got the she second. Couldn't is, also be wife number one. I I, I was assuming that she was she, wife number one, and Juno Ted Dot is wife number two, and he's only had two wives. There's no way she's older, she's old enough, old to, enough be to be Gator's mom. mom. And it seems like we're all accounted for. We got we got Nadine with Scotty. We got wife number one with Gator, who's the oldest of the children. And then you got the newest wife. Uh, yeah. I suppose is, is, if the Gator age doesn't line up, yeah. I, th- I think you're right about that. Yeah. So he's had he's had three wives. Two of them are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know he didn't want the fir- the the Nadine to go missing. So it's like I wonder if there's something sinister. Did, did he? actually is that is that his deal does he did he try to kill nadine and she got wind of it there and then Ooh, went on the maybe. land came dot or i just assumed she found out she's pregnant it's like i just yeah i'm not going to put my kid in this cage which is a theme that they're developing right but uh maybe she FBI killed herself seems to, to get out of that cage I don't or maybe know. she just took maybe she just took off successfully yeah maybe lorraine lyon it turns out his wife number one <laughs> not it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, that math doesn't that doesn't add up. I mean, she could be Gator's mom. Um, but that's another like if she got a if she did a dot and got away clean. Uh, there might be another tiger out there to team up with too. Sure. I mean, Dot got away clean for like nine years. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, but the, I don't know if that's because she's special because, you know, the show wants me to believe that she has just got it. She's got the eye of the tiger. She's got that survival instinct that like not everyone has, obviously. So, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe John him has a tiger type, you know, he's always out there looking for the next tiger to tame. Oh, he's got a tiger suit in that trunk. I guarantee it. Oh yeah. Yeah. The furriest tiger suit you've ever seen. Puts on the Tony, the tiger stripes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Diz says, I'm starting his feedback message with some obligatory shower of compliments on your podcast. When I saw season five of Fargo's releasing, I knew I was due for rewatch, but I didn't want to rewatch to end up being just another mindless binge. So I searched from thought, some thoughtful commentary in the show and I luckily found bald move. You guys are doing an excellent job of analyzing, critiquing a metric fuck ton of media. Uh, seriously, how the hell do you guys keep all those shows and movies straight in your heads? Well... Don't ask me too many questions about Game of Thrones right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do my Don't rewatch ask... and research yeah. two yeah, weeks before all... it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's all in there. It just needs, it just needs sometimes a refresher to, 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 turn, to, to get it all to turn loose. Uh, you certainly helped me digest my reservations about season four. And though I disagree with your takes on the paranormal elements of the first couple seasons, I do appreciate how open-mindedly arrived at your conclusions on Deus Ex Minnesota. Anyway, we'll appreciate the praise. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wondered if you guys could spitball more about the debt themes season five is suggesting, especially in the context of some of the previous seasons of Fargo. I'm thinking of season three when Emmett Stussy tries and fails to repay his debt to Varga slash Narwhal and later trying and horrendously failing to repay his brother's birthright, which ends up killing Ray. I'm also thinking of season four with Ethel Rita paying her parents debts to Loy Cannon with the Fada ring. Maybe dead is something that ties many seasons of Fargo together. You even have the supermarket king failing to repay his father's flashback debts in season one. Holly shows Oliver Platt buying the ransom money in snow, only to be oh bearing the ransom money in snow, only to be forded an end by the fishnado. Repaying debt seems disastrous to our leads. If Holly's set is any is, is set any sort of precedent here, season five is just clarifying this point further, in my opinion. But as much as I think I'm onto something here, I could just be reading too far into things. What are your thoughts? I mean, you go back to the original Fargo movie, which happens because of um, the car. I forget, I forget the guy who owns the, the car dealer. Jerry Lundegaard. Jerry trying to get trying to get on equal footing with his father-in-law, tries to make a deal out of the company coffers, can't float it anymore, and is desperately trying to get the money to where he can get out of that hawk to begin with. Um, yeah, I wonder if they're saying that it's it's impossible like that's the takeaway it's just not possible stay out of debt kids yeah and it also like of course it's not strictly true with everyone that it's not possible to get out of that debt but in the fargo universe it doesn't seem like people do get out of debt yeah and when i think of like william h macy's uh depiction of uh uh, Lundergaard, Jerry Lundergaard is like he starts off as like this kind of the doting, you know, Minnesota nice family man. And at the end, he's reduced to like an animal like they are. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like the, you know, a, a zookeeper going in and bringing an animal out of his cage. He's screaming and crying and yeah. he's naked. And there there is a pretty tasty through line of the corrosive effects of of debt and and and, and, or, and not even debt of trying to live beyond your means trying to rise above your station trying to I, but i don't know that i like that story that theme maybe it's maybe this is fargo trying to make good on that yeah maybe i mean i don't i don't like the idea of 
declaring that people who are undead are de facto living above their means, right? Like that's that's the part that I don't like about it. If you want to right, try right. and or say, there's any kind of moral, like again, if ninety percent of us are immoral, then maybe we need to redefine what morality is because yeah, it ain't right. working, you know? Yeah, because it's the default state of the animal that is human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I like how uh, you're thinking there, Diz. We'll uh, keep an eye on that because like, it, it would be interesting if they are kind of trying to reverse that moral arc of like, well, actually, the people holding the debts might have some responsibility. It's not just people's naked greed and. But it's it's easier to it's easier to point a finger at a guy like Jerry who's doing well. You know, he's got no he's got a nice house. He's got food on the table. Uh, his kid seems well adjusted. His wife loves him. His father in law is rich. So there's no problems there. It's just he wants he wants his own thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to judge a guy like that than a person like Indira, I guess, or or Dot. Yeah, I do wish, like you said, the me- message wasn't so mixed with Indira because she could get rid of this sandbag that is her husband <laughs> and that might help yeah. with some of the problems although i don't think it would eliminate that debt but at least it wouldn't accrue anymore i wish i knew what she saw in him like what kind of what yeah. what horrid love affair did they begin with that she is just like it's very like i was surprised at how clear-eyed she was about the situation where she said no my husband's mm-hmm. a lunatic he's just destroying our life because he won't give up the dream and there's like something a little I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe that's ultimately why she took Scotty because she's a pushover. She just is a little <laughs> bit of a doormat. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, and because she says she talks a game because she's like, I can be tough because you just asked my husband. But like, I haven't seen her be tough since the first episode when she locked up Dot. You know, for and she for has a literal a... license to be tough. Yeah, she's law enforcement. She's <laughs> she's not law mat. Right. Uh, all right. Seth from DC says, I've been thinking about the relationship between Gator and Dot. If we think about the Roy and his relationship with Dot and Gator, my wild speculation is that Gator is not Roy's true son, but rather an adopted one. I believe they are brother and sister. Okay. We see Roy kill the wife beater, so we know that's in his playbook. I'm guessing we find that Roy's Doesn't he call her mama? Doesn't he call her? Mom, yeah, it could be ironic though, and like you know, things and but if she's li- if she's literally like his mom by marriage at some point, that would make a hell of a lot more sense than okay, let's go down this path. I'm fine with that. Let's continue. All right. <laughs> we see Roy kill the wife beater, we know it's in his playbook. I'm guessing we find Roy took care of an abusive parent in the kids' lives and took them in. Dot became the adopted daughter and then wife, and Gator became the adopted son. Gator isn't the man Roy is and has to hype himself into the role. It isn't in his genetics. We know from Roy's speech about his grandfather, the Indian killer, that his line was always naturally been pieces of shit, but Gator has to act that way. Gator took the relationship looking for acceptance and stayed with Roy while Dot couldn't accept her role as a woman slash wife and had to leave. This also plays into the theme of debt this season. Gator owes a debt to Roy for his saving and protecting of him. Dot may not have any debt or may believe it was repaid in their vows. Gator and Dot are close enough in age it makes sense that they could be siblings and helps explain how Dot became a tiger. She was raised that way. It wasn't learned in the year unless she was married to Roy. I can squint and see this. I don't know about like, uh, I, I clearly you're you, the only difference between your theory and what we've been speculating all episode on is that you're adding the brother sister relationship between right. Gator and dot. 
And because everything else, the, I think, is literally the subtext of what's happening. Yeah, the thing you said in that email about uh, Roy potentially having done something about their father um, and his violence toward them, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. That I hadn't even considered that, but that he would be the cause of needing to take Nadine in in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. And he, he kind of seen the way that he kind of creeped up to that gal that he quote unquote saved last episode and kind of grabbed mm-hmm. her by the chin and said, I'm your friend now, darling, and I'm going to give you money. Like, yep. I definitely got a little bit of, oh, I wonder if this is how he gets his little child brides, you know? Because yeah, it's always got to be some drunken piece of shit years out. younger. Yeah, like there's there's always some drunken piece of shit beating on women out in the, the, the country, right? Right. I mean, right. Hell, it, it happened in the city too. It's just, oh, know, of course. Yeah. It's just, they're everything that happens. Turns out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but there's it's a reliable source of uh, women who have been emotionally and mentally and uh, abused, and they may be conditioned, groomed to kind of accept that kind of behavior. Yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I, yeah, and I suppose with their ages, they could be brother and sister. It's weird for him to call her mama, but but, yeah, but the like mama that's... stuff in this has been weird from the start. So I don't know how to gauge it. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm all I'm all like going from like a southern midwestern kind of, you know, like sometimes you just call mom's mama, you know. Sure. Sure. I've heard it. It is weird for a son, but it, maybe it's also him like if their brother and sister, he's being kind of playful. I mean, it's just it, yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. Uh he's like, mocking her like Yeah. Yeah, no, like like revealing that he knows more about her. Like you know, she's showing up, and I know you've got a daughter, and I know you're like I don't know. Could be. I'm not sure. So it's hard to say with Gator because he's he's a he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he is that. Uh, Joel says, "I know you're both wishwashy on the whole Sin Eater portion of the show. Uh, I'm not sure if either of you have seen Heath Ledger's movie The Order, but this movie is all about a Sin Eater, and exactly what came to mind when this came up in the show. A similar mythos with the Sin Eater being immortal unless they are killed by someone ritually. Part of being a Sin Eater is that you take on that person's sins who you are saving, which is built up over time, which would lead the behavior like we're seeing with Munch. Also explain him being alive for more than 500 years. I haven't seen this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Clearly, it seems like it's uh, pretty on the nose in terms of a Fargo reference, but... Um, also like what we've seen from the sin eater is literally what, if you go and look up sin eater on Wikipedia, like there's a paragraph there that is essentially what we saw reenacted in, in Wales 500 years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if that movie will have anything else to do with it. Finally, we got Kurt from Pittsburgh. who has got a pretty negative view of the show. I wanted to talk through because, you know, we've we've had our we've had our uh, doubts and qualms this season Mm -hmm. says I am hating this season so far. I don't like Dot's character. I don't understand her thought process and keeping everything from her husband, especially while he's lying to his mom to cover for her. He obviously knows something's up, makes them both look like dopes. This is the problem I've always had with these mystery box shows. Hello, Lindelof and Nolan. Not knowing some of the characters' story motivations, you can't sympathize with them, so you're just watching them go through the actions or outright frustrated by them and are not rooting for them in any way. Also, you've established that Dot is some secret master killer slash spy or something. She bested the devil, chopped his ear off for crying out loud, but she can't get a single booby trap to work other than the smoking pan and the one sledgehammer. And I wouldn't say that sledgehammer worked. She had to manually trigger it so the guy walking in its path would, would get hit by it. The one on the window worked pretty well. The electricity. 
that's true. <laughs> that's true. It did, did, it did, it did incapacitated the person that that, that touched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wonder what are the stakes here? She gets cornered by Gator, and they have a civil conversation. I know that Roy is obviously the bad guy, but what happens if she's caught? He keeps her on the ranch forever. That coupled to twenty minutes of walking around the house with traps and make her look incompetent. Uh, and the questionable stakes, what should have been a very tense scene just fell flat, made all the worse by the home alone corniness. Um, I kind of see what you're saying here. Uh, Dot is a weird character that they haven't really like we're halfway through the season. And other than, you know, tough borderline supernatural characters saying that she's a tiger and seeing her time and time again get to drop on people. They haven't told us like where this came from. They haven't given us any reason to, you know, uh, we, we don't know if she really loves Wayne. Seems like she loves her daughter. That's important to her. Um, it, it is. they Yeah, that these don't feel like real characters that you can really, you know, on an instinctual basis kind of root for. Yeah, that's that's where I'm having trouble too. I, every time I want to sympathize with his characters, it always feels like a stretch. Like I'm like I'm having to force myself to see it from their perspective instead of just intuitively understanding these characters. And it might just be because they have perspectives very different than my own. I don't know, but I can think of a lot of shows where I know the character's next move at the same time they do. And then it turns out, yeah, no, that's actually right. With this, I'm always having to justify Dot's actions, for instance. Uh, Like, why doesn't she want to go to the FBI uh, right away? Well, maybe it's because she sees Roy as a dangerous guy and he thinks she thinks that he can still get to him even in the FBI's protection. I'm always having to get I'm standing at a distance from this character thinking, why is she doing the things she's doing instead of going Oh yeah, here's her next move, and then being because yeah. I know her, you know, and I know what she does. Unsurprised when it happens, capable. right? Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely a little bit of a problem. Um, and it comes from, I mean, th- there are a lot of quirky characters in Fargo. Some yeah. of it is that that some of these characters yeah. are just very quirky, um, mm-hmm. but some of it is they're telling a story that I'm not is a hundred percent sure is on the page yet. And in the golden age of television, I'm always a little skeptical of a show that requires a heavy use of flashbacks to tell their story because I always think that, like, well, if you told a story in a straightforward way, it wouldn't. You, there would be no suspense. It's like it's it's like you know, Pulp Fiction. You could tell that in chronological order and still be a really good ass movie. Jumbling up makes it even more interesting. But like, mm-hmm. it's not a you know, it's it's not just you know doing things for the sake of doing things. It's not generating mysteries to be mysterious. It's um, whereas I think this show, it's like, yeah, like five episodes in, it is kind of weird that we just got the barest sketch of her. But I don't know, I guess, because I, if Holly's listening to this podcast, I could see him saying, well, you dumb fucks, you from episode one and two, you pretty much got it. Like you knew Dot's backstory, you knew kind of Roy's whole deal, you knew like, so it's like if I'm, I'm that good yeah, at vaguely. like, why do I have to hold your hand? So it's like. But also, like, yeah, like when you're dealing, the second you deal with supernatural characters, and the second you got a supernatural character calling another character uh, a tiger, the second that she's sprinting an eight-hour drive in like a single hour, you start like, mm-hmm. well, what are the stakes here? Nikki Swango wasn't some fucking Valkyrie mm-hmm. that I had to worry about. Well, maybe she's just magic. Maybe she's just magically, you know. Uh, 
Marge Gunderson wasn't like a supernatural character. I, I that's what's like when you mix it in, it's like, especially when they're the protagonist. It's one thing if there's a like an implacable evil villain that's stalking. Sure, like sure. that's kind of scary because that's a, that's your standard horror movie setup. But like, mm-hmm. imagine if Jason Voorhees is the protagonist and you're afraid that he's like you know like oh there's some people set against him. Well, I mean that really it's it's a weird dynamic, you know. So like I. Like, yeah, should I feel sorry the... for Roy because Dot's going to come to, to tear his asshole out? Or mm-hmm. should I be excited that, that should I be scared that Dot's going to die? Because I don't think she can. It It is. Yeah. And, but I think that like also Holly is working and this is so much more obvious in a show like Legion, which is so fantastical. But he is so much working on like metaphor and um, like artistic allusions to things. Mm-hmm. that if you're trying to interpret this like it's a standard character drama, you are going to miss a big piece of it. And, and I, 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 I'm not entirely in love with that. I, let, I liked how he embraced that a lot more in Legion. And Legion has superheroes. And it's about superpowered people uh, fighting other superpowered people. Um, so there's not like, you know, this imbalance. Um, and there is there's something, there's something a little off, or it's not to my taste, but... Well, I think it's a strength and a weakness of the show because the, the, you know, you talk about the metaphor that Holly's going for, but he's also going for a Cohen feel. And I think Mm. they don't tell super standard stories. Um, There's always some tint of something else in there. And so he's trying to do something that's difficult and he's trying to do it in a particular style. And I think that's both like one of the reasons I love this show and one of the reasons that I'm not always on board with it either. So it's kind of a double edged sword. It's a very high degree of creative difficulty to do like tell these stories that he wants to tell, but in someone else's language and aesthetic and yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I've never seen the protagonist of one of these shows be the actual person that they're hinting has got some kind of supernatural thing going on with them. So that's the thing that's really yeah. tripping me. It's like, I just don't know what the stakes are for dot, you know? And other than her being a mom, that's the other thing is like, we don't haven't really gotten enough of um, their scenes to kind of like, Oh, I see them being cute together. And you know, like, like she's never just interact with Wayne in a, in a, in, in a way that she wasn't trying to manipulate him because all this stuff happened from the jump. We didn't get an episode of yeah. them just having a tranquil uh, home life. It's always been weird. I'm going to this, our rich mother-in-law and she's putting guns in my hand and I'm feeling awkward and weird about it. And I hope I'm not going to get caught for, for who I really am. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they're relying on the archetype of this. You saw, well, I'm feeling so sorry for a mother and I want her to be with her daughter and I want her to protect her husband, but also she's quasi supernatural. And yeah, anyway, I think we've, <laughs> we've, uh, we, we've talked, we've talked this through here, Kurt. Um, but I feel you, I feel the struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this show's not for everybody. I'm not sure if every season's been for me, but, yeah. uh, yeah, appreciate you writing in Fargo at baldmove.com is how you get your voice on the air. Uh, a reminder, we are taking the next two weeks off, but we're not skipping the episodes. We're just going to do a hurry up, catch up. Fargo, Fargo, Fargo <laughs> in the new year. Triple yeah. Fargo, right? We're going to have three podcasts out in one week. week. Woo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have we'll have a rapid content infusion in the new year. Um, and, uh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Hope you guys enjoy your holidays uh, wherever you're at. I hope you get some time off. Um unless you're in a country that doesn't observe Christmas, in which case, I Happy New Year. We, we, we all do that, right? 
I still hope you get time off. Unless you're not observing the Gregorian calendar, which probably a lot of places don't. Uh, I'm being an unless ugly American here. <laughs> unless you've been electrocuted and forgot the concept of time, I hope you get time off. What is money? Uh, uh, one, we'll try to get to the bottom of that when we come back. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just, yeah, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.